0: You're listening to an iGroom Hub podcast for dog groomers. iGroom Hub is an online learning platform for groomers of all levels. Sit back, relax and enjoy what iGroom Hub Media has to offer.
1: Hello, you are listening to an iGroom Hub Media podcast. We are at episode 19. On this episode, Natalie West and I, we interview the fabulous Colin Taylor over a Zoom because he's all the way from the UK and we're obviously in Australia. Sit back and relax and listen to what the fabulous Colin Taylor has to say. We are doing a interview with the fabulous Colin Taylor from the UK. He is an InterGroom International Groomer of the Year. He's the winner of the World Cup Grooming Games, countless best in shows, best all-around groomer, founder of Colin Taylor Academy and also Colin Taylor Products. He was a judge on Pooch Perfect for Oz and for the UK, and you have Master Groom UK and probably a million other things that I could name and spend hours and hours on because you are fabulous. And (laughs) we are lucky enough to have you on our little Australian podcast. Welcome. How are
2: you doing?
1: We are good. Good. Finished up for the day. It's it? our night time and it's your morning time.
2: I know. And the weather's finally getting what is it? You're um coming into our springtime. So what is it there?
0: What is it, ours? It's coming into our autumn, autumn. I don't know. Autumn. Autumn. <laughs> but you're autumn white like <laughs> summer. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. our autumn is your summer, I would imagine. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Terrific. Cult. So you've, like, you've just finished crafts and unfortunately you have the dreaded corona.
2: The corona, the rona, yes. Yeah, so it was, you know it, 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 it was going to happen. There was a party of 11 of us staying in the same hotel, uh, also going in every morning in the same van. And out of the 11, nine of us got corona. And that was just our group. There was like probably thousands of others. Um, luckily, I'm vaccinated. So I think that has, obviously I felt like crap, but not to the point where I can't sit in my office and do my work or um, walk down the, the the little lane I live down and stuff like that. So it's okay.
0: Well, we're very yeah. grateful um, that you can join us, even though you are ill. Um, but it's it's great to have you on board. We um do a lot of your stuff that you do, Colin, here in Australia, and obviously a lot of people would know you through Pooch Perfect. So I know you are one of the uh, international judges here. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Was it that, was because that, that was the first Pooch Perfect that was filmed, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, that was the first. Um, I literally had got back from, um, um, actually, my husband was just um, granted his um, visa to stay in the UK. So um, I went to um, Seattle in August um, and we both went back together. And when I flew into the airport, um, Heathrow, I got a phone call from a lady in Australia saying, this is so-and-so from Channel 7. We're doing the show in Australia. We'd really love to have you as a judge. And I went, no, no, can't be asked. Can't be (laughs) bothered. The flight's way, way too long. It really is. It's just too much. And and then um, Coleman had said to me, you know, if you don't do it, you know what, you're going to see somebody who took your place and that would probably piss you off. And I went, yes, it would. So I said, okay, I'll do it. So um, next thing I know, I'm um, in Sydney for a month. And it was... An amazing experience. You know what? It was incredible. And it was really weird because I had just got done on the plane coming home from America watching, um, isn't it romantic? Some some rebel some rebel um, uh, film. Oh, yeah. And I absolutely find, I find her hilarious. Yep. And at that time, the woman on the phone couldn't tell me who the celebrity was. But I said, well, I would come if it was rebel. And she went really <laughs> quiet. And she was like, why do you say that? And I'm like, oh because I've just seen it on a TV show. And um and it was Rebel. So it was it was a win-win. Oh, isn't
0: that marvelous? That's great. <laughs> what was she like?
2: She was incredible. And and um you know what? She um she's a, she's a, yes, she's Rebel Wilson, but she's a normal person and um we got to meet her mum and yep. Rebel t- Rebel took us out on her boat and we got to see her house which was it being renovated at that point. Um, on the harbour, but Rebel's mum is her. Rebel's mum is like everybody's mum. She's hilarious in a way where she's not trying to be. Yeah, she just says off the wall shit, which is funny. <laughs> and I would um, well, well, what was that?
0: I'd imagine she's pretty down to earth.
2: She's very down to earth, and um, and you know, I think she just judged a grooming competition in Australia <sighs> yeah, recently. She's doing
1: one in Sydney soon. Coming up
2: Yeah that's right Yeah so um, Yeah so that was cool But but yeah She's incredible Really incredible
0: It was the first time That um, I think um, Australian audiences Have really uh, Viewed Grooming in a different way And seen some of the skills Some of the mad skills That we can actually uh, Offer and do And so It was was quite well received here But I'm wondering How um, What the comparison was Colin Between the UK show And the Australian version
2: I think the comparison Was similar we had really, we had a lot of people um, who absolutely loved it. And then the United States had to take it and take a big shit on it and make it all creative, and, you know? And I I, 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 I I, appreciate creative grooming. It's not my bag whatsoever. Um, and I think they they overdid it with creative. They made it, well, well every challenge was a creative challenge where In Australia and England, they did it where it was a 20% colour when it was allowed in the challenge.
0: Yeah,
2: okay. So, you know, so so I think it was perceived, um, looked at, you know, I'm actually, I think probably in England we got more viewers, maybe because you guys have incredible weather and you guys have outdoor living, where English people, in in England it's all about, oh, put the kettle on, let's watch TV, you know, all that stuff.
0: You, you've also it's, you
2: been know, so, so so English and we're such a telly um watching nation. So um, but I think both versions were incredible. I think they they um they did as much entertain entertainment as possible. Um groomers that complained about it have to realize it's a family show. It wasn't made for groomers, it was made yeah. for the general public, the children, blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Do you reckon there'll be another one at a different location? Obviously, America did their version of it.
2: I, I don't know whether there will be or not. I, I know um, if they did, they would probably revamp it. You know, the, 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 there was complaints online regarding the colour from people that were precious about that kind of stuff, and um, yeah. there's not really much you can do about that. So, you know what, whether there will be or not, I don't know. It would be lovely if they did some... Um, more tv on grooming regardless yeah of if it was competition or not but yeah that would be fun yeah
0: i think so well there you go colin in your spare time yeah might be a little uh, another
2: avenue well, to- oh my god I, I i would love to do it you know what the, the tv was it was a different world for me it was like waking up at six o'clock hair and makeup um having women shoving their hands down my pants <laughs> my shirt in and all that it, it was like a totally out of the box thing and, and I suffer with anxiety too so it was weird having that kind of taking a, a back seat because I was too busy concentrating on other things where I couldn't think about that which, which was a great thing
0: You know, just on that, Colin, uh, I often think that, you know, groomers are so diverse and so robust and also resourceful. It's amazing, you know, these um, people who have been on this TV show have had no coaching, no training for what's in front Mm -hmm. of them, and yet they were thrown these challenges and could have style and grace and um, professionalism that really, um, you know, I'm just so proud of the the talent that's in Australia, but also in the UK too. It it was really lovely to see... um, just to see Aussies take up the challenge and just go with it, it
2: was great. Oh god, yeah, yeah. You know, I was in Australia in 2013, so I remember a few of the competitors from the actual show. And you know what? I mean, it is. You know what people have to have to remember is, you know, it's not like a grooming competition. You not only do you have to groom a dog. You've got twenty thousand cameras on you. You've got storytellers asking questions. You have, you know, and obviously it's TV, so they want, um, they want the drama, drama. No. they want the cry, 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 all that kind of stuff, <laughs> and, you know. So they want that to happen naturally, of course, but on Cube, but, <laughs> but on Cube. So they, you know, so it is very much. I mean, it, it is very much reality and it's very much tv also and it's um you know it has it has every element to it and of course you've got these adorable little dogs which the groomers haven't met before um and you don't know how they're gonna You just hope to god but they act well in australia they were vetted to a point um in england we did it through covid so we had to do it through zoom and all that kind of stuff yeah which is never easy never easy
0: an extra layer of um, difficulty, but you know what? I was just thinking, you could put a camera in any grooming salon in anywhere around the world, and you'd find drama.
2: <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what? I mean, something will happen for entertainment value, or for you know, whether it be shock value or whatever it may be. You know, I mean, groomers. I mean, let's face it, but we're all we're all very um, creative people. So with creative people comes emotions, comes um, comes character. Comes drama, comes everything you can possibly imagine, wow. um, and you know, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. That is good TV.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they should do like a Tabitha's takeover. You know that hairdresser lady. Uh huh. Just do a version of that for dog grooming. That would be funny.
2: They should do, shouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, that would be good.
1: <laughs> so just get <laughs> Tabitha to do it.
2: <laughs> uh huh.
0: Colin, there were obviously a lot of um. Uh, There was a lot of inspiration around that show, and a lot of um, you know people look up to these groomers. And as a as a leader of our industry, um, is there anyone that you can think of off the top of your head who inspires you? What keeps you going? What keeps you looking for the next thing or looking for ways to improve our industry? Does that come from you, Um, inspiration, or?
2: Oh my God! You you know what? Um, I'm kind of uh, well. First of all, I'm a thinker, so I'm totally driven by my thoughts and, and I'd be laying in bed and I'd be like, Oh my God, that's a really good idea. And then the next morning it will either still be a good idea or Oh my God, what was I thinking? You know? And, (laughs) um, but there's so many people that, I mean, in the industry, there's, I mean, my God, you got, I got Melanie, Melanie Newman from Australia. I got, um, Lindsay Dickens, Sally from America, you know, um, all these people. And obviously the people over here in the UK and need to back um, Peter Young. The people what that that what I looked up to as a young groomer, who you know, who inspired me to try and be the best I can be. As a child, I was painfully, painfully shy, and I wanted to be a primatologist and study gorillas. That was my dream, and then realizing, but you need a bio- biology degree and all this kind of stuff, and <laughs> I hated school. So that led me to be a well, a person who works at a pet shop, which then led me to meet a girl who bought nail clippers who led me to be a dog groomer. Yeah. So um, I never, ever thought in my life I'd be a dog groomer, ever.
0: And I never thought you'd be the shy retiring type either, Colin.
2: <laughs> I know. It's amazing how um, that's America. America made me be obnoxious... Um, <laughs> But I, I am today. <laughs> well, yeah, because you know, because Americans are outspoken. Um, English are very much. Oh, you can't say that. It might upset somebody. And I'm thinking, yeah. you know what? I I have learned from being upset. I've learned from people saying stuff. And I'm not saying bullying stuff. I'm talking about real life things. If if you know if if I was doing something wrong. And somebody pointed it out in a in a way, then I would I'm like okay, you know what? Maybe I'm doing maybe I am wrong. Maybe I am taking that looking at the wrong way. Maybe I'm saying it the wrong way. Believe me, I'm no angel. I, I put things on Facebook as you probably know, mm-hmm. controversial things. And um, and the next day I'm like, mm, you know, maybe I could have reworded that a little bit better. And I and I will always put my hand up, but I'm not gonna be apologetic for things which mean the industry growing whether it be um judges not being qualified or speakers um speaking too soon um and and charging money for it little things which i say is not pinpointed at anybody in particular but it's normally pinpointed at the industry as a whole because we do have we, we have so many issues but at the same time it's an incredible industry but we can't just say Oh, my God, it's an amazing industry. Nothing ever goes wrong because of the shit time that goes wrong.
0: Well, I think that the industry is still on um, the upward climb, Colin. I feel like, you know, we still haven't got to a space where groomers are truly recognised for their worth. And mm-hmm. skills that we that we have, and you know, I just I just want to bounce back a little bit to um, when you mentioned that you have anxiety, Colin, because lots and mm-hmm. lots lots, and lots of groomers that I've seen c- come through my doors and through my school um, do suffer from anxiety, and it's it's quite prevalent in our society anyway. Mm-hmm. But isn't it amazing how the dogs can really just turn that anxiety around? It's oh it. god yeah yeah
2: have you had, well, you, have you had experiences about yourself oh, yeah I, I mean like you know i think when it comes to just me if i have an anxiety attack or a panic attack just me laying on the couch and stroking my dog or, or taking my taking my thoughts away from something else that helps regardless mm-hmm. um i wouldn't say grooming helps my anxiety because when i have anxiety i literally have to close the curtains. Turn all lights off and just lay in the dark and listen to meditation music. I can't be, um, you know, because my, I, I, you know, I think people have anxiety in different ways. I don't want to say, oh my God, mine is the worst, <laughs> whatever. But, but I think when you have anxiety because you have an exam the next day, that's one, one type of anxiety, and then there's a lot of people. And I see it. I I, I do seminars. I look at my audience. I can see the meek and mild people that have low self-esteem, the people that have anxiety, the people that are on medication. And it's okay to be on medication. I think people should talk about it more. We're creative people, so creative people seem to be the ones who suffer. I remember my art teacher as a child, and she was... At that time, I would have called bonkers, but now I look at it. She she probably suffered with anxiety.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So yeah, I, I see it go both ways, Colin. I see people with high anxiety, um, you know, managing dogs that are not anxious, and then all of a sudden those dogs turn anxious on them. But I've also seen yeah. people who recognise that they do have anxiety in themselves, and they can spot that really quickly in dogs, and then put some coping mechanisms in for the dogs as well. And I think that 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 sometimes is a win-win as well.
2: Oh, absolutely. You, you know, I think when it comes to handling dogs, we have to, obviously, we're individuals, we have to look at every dog as being individuals. I, did, I, I, I talked to somebody the other day regarding the, the controversial wording of force-free, consent-free, and personally, I hate the wording of force-free grooming or consent-free grooming. It makes people who do not practice it Look like we are forceful when it comes to me. I groom a dog. I have a system. When that dog is a certain way, I have I break that system to suit the dog. I want to make sure the dog. I want to make sure the welfare of the dog is taken care of one hundred percent. But I want to get the dog groomed. I don't necessarily believe in taking hours on a dog, thinking you're oh, that's the right thing. I don't let's say think that is the right thing. Some dogs are really, really good. And some dogs are just naughty little shits so and they just need to be done. Mm-hmm. And that's me, but that's the old school of me thinking. Because I think people would look at that and say, oh, you should give that dog a break. And then part of me is like, yeah, I should, but part of me is like, what is that helping the dog? Is giving the dog a break helping it, or is it just prolonging it for the worst? Like in 20 minutes, he's gonna get me back on the table. So I think there should be, you know, people need to look at it like, Kirk. In my opinion, in grooming dogs, handling is key. If you can handle a dog, you can groom anything.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah totally. You know? Yeah. I, I, and I... that
2: takes time.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which which really just harks back to the, the um, fact that we're multi-skilled. We can reach dogs on different levels and multiple levels. Yeah. Bouncing Absolutely, all day. You know, we really are um, quite remarkable in lots of ways, and I think that that is, um, to me, that the real industry trend at the moment. Colin is is the handling side of things. Do you, do you find that over there in the UK as well?
2: Absolutely. You know what? A lot of people say, "I didn't think this was." You know, I mean, obviously, when when you go to grooming school, I think about what I thought. about. I I I didn't have any expectations of anything. I just didn't know, so I thought, well, I'll go there. I'll figure it out. But I didn't, um, groomers, I think, think it's going to be, a lot of groomers think it's going to be a fun job. And Mm. it is a fun job when you are qualified enough to call it a fun job. (laughs) I think, but but Mm. to begin with, it's a hard job. You're, You're not only trying to understand and learn how to handle a dog, you're trying to learn and understand how to handle a dog with scissors or a brush or a comb in your hand. You're yeah. trying to multitask. You're trying to do this. You're trying to do that. And that is daunting. And I remember, my God, when I first left grooming school, when I groomed uh, um, a dandy dim one, for God's sake, and it was, and it was the best looking Westie I've ever groomed.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it looked nothing like a dandy. But you know what? Uh... It didn't matter because the owners didn't care because as I try to tell groomers, and I will say it to this day, the only people that judge a haircut are, are dog groomers. We will look at a dog in the street and judge it. And it could be the worst haircut in the world, but the owner's walking around like it's a best-in-show dog. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all that matters, is the owner's happy. Yes, yeah. we have to up the game and make the groom look better, but at the end of the day, we need to stop being so precious. Groomers need to learn more about business, and handling and everything, but not necessarily trying to create the best Westy cut. The best Westy cut will happen yep. in time. But before that, learn how to give customer service because that is paramount and key. Yeah. Um, where in England, it's not not with just grooming, and I'm not saying grooming as a general, our customer service in this country sucks regardless. Mm-hmm. it's well, awful us,
0: i think yeah. we're, about, <laughs> we're about 100 times behind you i remember traveling through europe and going to england and ireland and being blown away with your customer service so really yeah.
2: 20 years ago, but <laughs> oh yeah, yeah because I, I, I always tell people give your service give, give your customers american customer service and they'll be the happiest people in the world you have to spend time with them get to know them and you know what, when you get to know a client and it turns into that kind of friendship version, they'll say, do whatever you want, Colin, to the dog, yeah. I don't care. And um, that's really important. So, you know, yes, learn how to groom a dog um, to the best of your ability. As my book said, good is good enough. When a dog looks good, put it on the floor. <laughs> yep. Send it home. Yep. Don't tit- late tit- tit- yep. with it for hours because you're not, I mean, what what are we getting paid for this? And um I'm not a greedy person, but I do love money too. And, <laughs> I, and I'd be lying if I said, uh, you know, when people say to me, oh, yeah, but we don't groom dogs for the money, do we? Hell, of sh- course we do. Yeah. <laughs> we groom dogs to make a living. Oh, cool. So we need to make the best living we can.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly, and that's you know I've got a question for you, Colin, because um I've been grooming for thirty years or so, and longer than I've been alive. And I actually have been (laughs) sacked. (laughs) I've been sacked from customer service out the front because I'm really bad. And I want to know too nice. Oh no, I just want to know if you have this experience, Colin, that um those lifelong customers that you have that often become friends. Whenever there is a price increase, I say, nah, just leave it at the same price. (laughs) It's terribly difficult when it comes to that friendship time. To um, as a business owner, to get the uh, the coin out of really what you're worth, and I wonder, you know, do you have you had the experience, or are you pretty good at just saying this is the price?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't care how old they are; <laughs> uh, they could, could be a little old lady walking through that door. You know what? I believe me. You know what? And I don't, I don't make it a personal thing to tell them. I have a big board in front, and one used to, and it would say. Um, dear customers, um, and I would never give it to them there and then. I would also, always, um, like, I have these little cards made up, whatever, and it will say, dear customer, do to blah, 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 There's a price increase. I'll either give them one before they leave so they yep. know because they're going to read it. If you tell them personally, they do take it personal, I think. And yes, there are people that, you know what, it, once again, it's an English thing where they would say, oh, I don't know if I'll be able to come back here again. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. and that's fine. That's up to you. But they do. And, and yeah. yes, it can be hard sometimes, but I've learned, and especially when I put fuel in my car and I'm shitting myself because the electric's are only going up in April, I've learned, but you know what? That's just life.
1: Yes, I know. And we just
2: have to put prices up.
1: We just hide her out the back so she can't talk to customers. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Yeah. So oh, you get back there. she
1: just hides out the back because she's not allowed I've, I've got to toughen up a bit no?
2: <laughs> you do you do Got. You, I, I mean at the end of the day you know what you know yes there are people and i get it you know when mrs sniff comes in and she's you know she's older than hades and she's got the little old poodle with her too and you're thinking oh my god but you got she's probably got more in the bank account than ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Now if
2: she's leaving you everything in the will, that's another story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, I don't think we'd ever be that lucky. <laughs> <laughs> we'd probably just get their dogs. Hey Colin, we have to talk to you about your products. They're awesome. Tell us about um, tell us about what you've got and how you came to do that and and what's your best seller and all that sort of stuff.
2: Well, I came to do it because I um, I moved from, obviously I was in London and I was teaching and I, I just had enough of teaching. It, I, I had a, a, a couple of students that put me over the edge of no return. I'm like, no more, no more, no more. Mm-hmm. So I moved to from Somerset because I was doing seminars up here. I love the countryside, it's beautiful. I'm like 15 minutes from Stonehenge, it's absolutely gorgeous part of the country. And I thought, okay, if I do this, I want to work from home, that, that'd be my dream. And um, so I thought, okay, I'm going to take the plunge. So I did that. We moved here. And um, I started doing products. back. Once I started doing, I started off with belly straps. And to this day, 11 years later, I still sell incredible amounts of belly straps. Um, So I do belly straps, combs, scissor mists, fast-dry sprays, some shampoos, um, uh, but mainly my combs and brushes are like, it is the main focus. I do lots of different types of brushes, long pin, short pin, soft pin, harsh pins, whatever like that. And you know what? I enjoyed that part of it because I still get to go to the shows. I, if I'm judging, it works out good because I'll take a stand. At the same time, Coleman comes with me, he runs a stand. And um, so that's how it got into the... Pro- I didn't want to be a, a major, major big supplier... Because that's a lot of hard work, pushing shit around. I just wanted to have, I, well, I said to Coleman, if it fits in the back of my car, I'll sell it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, good <laughs> on you. But it is, getting, it is getting a little bit bigger than that now. I do have to get a bigger vehicle. and um, But I, I love the customer service. I love it. I love selling stuff. I yeah. love seeing something do really, really well. And obviously, the feedback is really, really important.
0: Yeah, of course it is. It's great to have your lines, and you know we um we follow what you do, and we really um you know admire the vision that you have, I guess, Colin, for the industry. And you never seem to run out of um energy for uh, either new enterprise or better ways to do things, or education or encouragement for new people. And and that is a joy to watch. And um as an as an industry leader in Australia, it's great to see how you guys are doing it over there. And it's um it, you don't seem to ever run out of steam, which is just awesome.
2: Well, yeah, I I try not to. Sometimes I do say, what am I doing this for? Um, And then I say, well, you put yourself in this position, you've got to deal with it. And it's true. I think with with anything, um, people must think I'm whatever. Sometimes they must think I'm a total ass. And maybe sometimes I am a total ass. But you know what? Whatever I do is always for the best interest of the industry, it's not necessarily was in the best interest for me. I think about what can people gain from it. Um, and also, you know what, when I'm dead, the information's dead, isn't it? So you might as well just, like, give it away. Um, and obviously, when it comes to seminars, I love doing seminars because I love teaching people about everything I've learned when it comes to anxiety, um, uh, customer service, whatever it may be. They're the important things which people need to learn. And I think people sometimes, they do get burnt out, they do get in a rut, they do get, um, you know, thinking but they're not doing a good job because they are working in a van by themselves or in a shop. So when you work by yourself, you don't have the camaraderie of anybody else.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. And that, yeah, I mean, we could talk to you all night, Colin, about that sort of stuff um, or all day, your your time, but... um, There are so many things about that, you know, the fatigue and, you know, how you keep going and how you future-proof yourself as well as your business. I mean, there's just so many things to talk about in this industry. And as you said, you know, we've got a long way to go when it comes Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, really taking ourselves uh, seriously and looking at this as a a really strong profession. It's a real job. (laughs) It certainly is. But Absolutely. It 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 is. is. I know you, um, you have Corona, so we won't keep you too much longer. But there are a couple of questions that we just have for you that we'd really love to know.
1: Well, I want to know what your favourite breed is to groom.
2: Oh my goodness, that's a really hard one. I don't. Okay, <laughs> so I love grooming the Bedlington, but I, I have love seen grooming. Your Bedlington. Very good. I love grooming poodles because they because they still challenge me. see, yes. You know, I groom a poodle. Thing is beautiful. I'll show it to Denise Westbrook, and she would totally rip it apart in a good <laughs> way. Which, which is really good, because it shows me but I, my eye and her eye seeing two different things. Yeah. So, um, but pro- you know what? I'd probably say the Bedlington, but I, you know, I really don't, if, I, if I'm honest, have a preference of dog to groom. Um, I love grooming mixed breeds. I love grooming Shih Tzus. I mean, I could groom Yorkers all day long and I'd be like, next, next, next. Come on, bring them on, bring them on. <laughs> really? Because they're easy. The hardest group, if you were to say to me, what is the hardest dog to groom, it would be the it's English Cocker Spaniel, the English Cocker Spaniel, because they never ever look finished. They always look too, I don't like anything natural. I like it to be severe and look like it's had a haircut, not natural and flowy.
0: I would yeah. have to agree. They can also be a bit tricky. They're very headstrong. Um, for for a you know a strong dude like you, it wouldn't be so bad. But you know, the smaller female groomers often struggle with those dogs to, to keep them on the table. They're they're quite headstrong. Yeah. The English cocker are
2: terrible.
0: Well, they're they're just they're challenging.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> the,
0: other, the other question I'm, I've got for you is, you know, we've we've been in this industry for a long time, and I'm just thinking, you know, um, taste. Been in the industry for how many years? Eight, eight years. And even in the eight years that Tay has been in the industry, I'm sure you've seen a lot of change. Yeah, we've seen um, incredible amounts of change. And, Colin, where do you where do you see the industry? Just say in the next even ten years, have you got a vision for where you could you you see where we are?
2: Um, oh God, it's a really good question. Obviously, you know, I mean, I think the grooming competitions I'm hoping will become. Um, uh, better more structurally organized where people are in the right classes i hope judges will become more educated including myself um you know i, I think that but i think in the dog in as a in general we become we'll be looked at more professionally i hope because whether or not we bring licensing into the industry i think the dog grooming and the dog groomers in general are becoming more publicized. They're becoming, you're seeing them more on TV. So I think we are going to be, be put more into the spotlight, whether or not in a positive way But we have to be ready for it either way. So we can, yeah. you know, push right through it and and come out on top.
0: Yeah, I, I honestly feel that the best is yet to come. I think the groundwork has been really you know, laid and laid down well. And I think that, um, you know, the new people that are coming through, especially people like Tay and, and most of our young contributors here on iGrim Hub, they really push us to, um, you know, to find better ways to do things. And, uh, and you know, we experience growth together and it's, it's just lovely. It's wonderful to have so many young, inspirational um, and passionate people who are committed to this industry. It's, it's really awesome.
2: And uh, I, I, I totally agree. And I always tell people, but and it works both ways. I see young people totally disrespecting people that have been in the industry for years, like "oh, you're old." But then again, I see the same work the same way around. We need to also listen to fresh young people because you know what? When it comes to associations and so you know things like that. We need young people to be running them with us because then they can take them over. They can go with them f- full strength. Because, you know, when it comes to people who say to me, oh, do you want to do association with me? I'm like, oh, God, no, I don't want to do I don't want anything else in my life that is going <laughs> to make, make, have another weekly meetings or something. But I'm more than happy to encourage and help young people to do it.
0: Yeah.
2: Because, because they have the um they still got that urge they still got the passion my passion is there but i you know but it's trying to spread it a lot so many ways um you know across the board
0: yeah that's right yeah yeah yeah, yep but you know it's great to see that it's in good hands and yeah i'm really proud to be part of the grooming industry even now it's it's you know and the you know all of the work that we've done prior to this moment has you know led us to even want the industry to be better and to grow. Stronger, so yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: Yeah, I what agree. is the best advice for groomers that you can give? New, old, nap started, yet for the above. The
2: best advice for groomers, I can I, yeah, give do okay. First of all, do not, um, you know, don't follow what other groomers do in your area. You have to run your own race, so you know, try not to when it comes to pricing, don't pr- price yourself low because other people are doing it. It's okay not to groom every single dog in your city. And also keep your quota at a minimum and charge the maximum amount of money for it. And um, But the number one thing for groomers at the grooming school is you have to start as you mean to go on, meaning you can't charge a student price and then expect to jump it up to a professional price. Students should be charging what I'm charging because the general public don't know that, do they? Oh, they, you know, we have to realise that. They should be charging a price which they can still make a good living from, not a student price or get-out-of-school price because that's just ridiculous.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's really great advice, Colin. That is awesome. <laughs> it has been a joy talking to you. It's so lovely. Thank you for your time. Even though you are under the weather,
1: it's just... It's oh, that's a- okay. We feel very, very lucky. Yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful.
2: Well, you know, I, I love Australia. I love everything about it. Um, you know what? I think it's, a, apart from that damn flight, if I could, like, <laughs> take a pill, and then, if I can take a pill, wake up 24 hours later and be there, I'll be so happy. But I do love you guys. You guys are awesome. Um,
1: when are you coming great. back? You any plans to come back?
2: Uh, I'm not too sure. Hopefully, I'll be invited sometime. Um, I know my husband loves it, because, but he, he, I know if I go again, what I would love to do, probably is do what Terry DiMarino did. When she came to visit us in Sydney for Pooch Perfect to be an audience member, her and Jeff then got on a cruise ship and did New Zealand. That's what I would love to do. There
0: you go. There you go. So the trick is to invite your husband to come to Australia and you might follow.
2: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And what I would do is I would lose weight, more weight, because if I'm stuck in the back of that plane for 24 hours, in that small ass seat with the ass the size I got is not, is not <laughs> <cut>. <laughs> gorgeous. Anyway, really, yes. thank you so much. Thank
0: you. Thank you time. All the very best and good luck in the UK with whatever is in front of you for 2022. And um yeah.
2: Thank you. Yeah, we
1: look forward to I'll see you later. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about Hub or listen to more episodes, head to www.iGrimhub.com.au and make sure you're following us on our social media accounts, so Instagram and Facebook.